Dad bod rap pod. Fuck, fellas, it's spring. It's spring up in this motherfucker. It's, it's very nice. It's light Finally. outside. I yeah, know. yeah, shit is, uh, my allergies are getting frothy. Yeah, my face is going to explode on a daily basis. <laughs> it's a daily operation. Yeah. Nice, nice. It's very easy to earn. Oh, <laughs> oh. yeah. So just going to be freebasing Claritin for the next couple months and uh, looking forward to summer. My name is Dim1. Um, on the new Dad Bod Rat Pod logo, I am the nugget at the top. <laughs> I am the top nugget. Um, flossing my hairline, still intact. Um Followed by next down on that logo is David Ma, where if you look at it right, it looks like he has a Gumby flat top, <laughs> <laughs> but it's actually uh, a hat. How's it going, Dave? Going well, guys. Good to be here with everyone. Yeah. And then at the bottom, uh, we have Mr. Nate LeBlanc, who sent us like 22 different pictures Uh and then we landed on that one. Very concerned about my face <laughs> and putting my face on things. So make, making strides here, though, I, I like it. I, I, for one, I like that people can see the nerdery in real life. Totally. And, and also, we want credit for how multiracial we are. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I thought we should have held hands. And kind of <laughs> shout out to uh, Mixer Friendly for the hookup. As well. Yeah, totally. That was Word awesome. Up. And we also have a special guest with us. Yeah, we do. Um, you might know him from NBC Bay Area's um, morning show, uh, but he is also an incredible DJ and friend of the program. Welcome back, DJ Cutso. Hey, uh, I'm going to undergo a uh, an AKA for this one. Okay. I'm going to go by P hyphen nut gallery. <laughs> <laughs> He's in the back on some Mortimer shit. Uh, we'll be making fun of us as, as lurking we and smirking. Through. Yeah. As we, as we move through this episode. Um, so on today's dead by rap pod, we are going to talk about an album that came out in a in a very special year, um, 1994. This is the 25th um, anniversary of 1994, which, if that doesn't make you feel decrepit, I don't know what will. <laughs> but um, so so before we get into the album, um, I was kind of just parsing over like shit that happened in 1994. It was a kind of wild fucking year. Um, Pulp Fiction came out in right. 1994. Um, my mom took me to go see Pulp Fiction on my 13th birthday at the movies. Nice. And uh, we had to go have, like, coffee afterwards to kind of talk <laughs> about it. Themes. I'm sure. Themes expressed. You can guess uh, what, what we didn't talk about. <laughs> the Which, whole kind of dungeon ooh. scene. But, uh, you know. But she knew it was in the briefcase. She <laughs> kind of broke it down for you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, um, we wow. had also gone to see, I don't know exactly what year it is, but we had gone to see Malcolm X together, too. So we like nice. we had a little thing we did, just the two of us, was go see these like big The LeBlancs was woke way talk. back oh, when, man. Know, yeah. wow. We had this whole discussion after we watched Malcolm X. I don't know if you guys remember the scene. It's pretty famous now where the white blonde girl goes up to him on the college campus, and he's just like, what? she's like, what can white people do for the movement? And he's like, nothing. Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> well, that sucks. Yeah. So we're we're good oh, here. Let's go. Yeah. Let's go, mom. <laughs> oh man, Malcolm um, X is long. Yeah. Yeah. In the movies, Epic. dude, if Epic. you can't take a break, like yeah, two VHS tapes. Yeah, totally. totally. I've seen uh, Lawrence of Arabia in theaters. That's an experience. That's like Jesus. camping. Um, that's the only longest. That's the other longest movie I would say I've seen. But yeah, dude, Pulp Fiction open not opening night, but like close to opening night. Not with knowing what to expect. With my mom, had not seen well Reservoir played. Dogs, well had played. no idea what I was walking into, except for that it was this cultural phenomenon. Mm -hmm. 
that, then, it, that it was. Yeah, yeah, poster in my room, VHS tape owned, like, super huge, important movie for me. I just rewatched it, and I now fast up? forward that part. The what whole, part? basically, from when, uh, it's really funny when Bruce Willis hits Ving Rhames with the car, and then there's like 10, 12 minutes of the torture and sword and okay. pipe hitting, you know, like that whole, like, part oh, i just i don't on, need to Nate. watch that again <laughs> come on i've seen it hundreds of times but i didn't yeah. feel the need to watch it again i don't know it, it's very of its time are and you, it changed are you anti-bondage come on bro in a way <laughs> i'm not trying to do King it shamer <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> uh, uh, apologies yeah. to our bondage fans uh, <laughs> speaking of which dave uh, uh loved it right, you? loved it right away like i felt like i experienced something you know what yeah, i mean and yeah. certainly did not know the um what i was getting myself into because moving forward i mean tarantino is a fucking genius you know so yeah yeah still though yeah yeah and that's that's Trailer that's for, the uh, question what's it called drop today I uh, saw it once upon a time in hollywood i haven't watched it yet yeah that's cool there's a there's a little bruce lee scene that looks intense so oh interesting automatic thumbs up best best tweet and i'll I'll, I'll retweet this um there was a tweet that said something to the effect of are we sure that tarantino didn't die during kill bill and these are like being made by a Tarantino AI program. Um, his last couple movies, I I have definitely look. I love Pulp Fiction. I had seen Reservoir Dogs too, um, uh, and I was big on the on the indie movie thing back then. Um, yeah, it's getting it's getting a little tired. I think his his formula. Um, it's it's definitely was a lot more fresh um, and and interesting circa 94 or 92 reservoir dogs is really sure. probably my my fave uh tarantino movie jackie I'm brown fucking dying, Larry. <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna be okay well done say, say the, the fucking, fucking words, words. <laughs> should make out a hook. just just dope and i think i think that is the tarantino movie with the the least in words per minute right i mean i think it may be like Does zero it have on that any, one guess, maybe not maybe uh, not is anyone I'm trying to think, are there any African-American cast members? That doesn't stop him. Right. right, yeah. right. yeah. So somewhere in the middle of Hateful right. Eight, uh, which came out, I forget when that came out. I hated that movie. And I was like, why I do I? It. Why I am I still it. doing this? I thought it was awful. I think Inglorious will be the last good Tarantino I loved movie Inglourious when we look well. back. Yeah, it's it's kind of like if there's a if there's a genre of movies, um, he'll just, he makes his own porn out of it. To me, Tarantino movies are like different postmodern porn. It's sure. like, I love World War II movies. Here's a here's, porn. Here's a porn about I that. I love kung yeah. fu movies. He's, here's yeah. a porn about yeah. yeah, yeah. So That's it's funny. It's, it's this type of like access that he has. That there was a way for him to spin this a little better than he has, and I think he's just he's kind of really doubled down on. I am Tarantino, right? And I can continue to I do, can do this whatever shit. I want. Yeah. I think uh video store nerd Tarantino is a lot more fun than millionaire Tarantino, which that's true of almost anyone. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Kevin Smith's I was about to say Kevin, Kevin Smith, you know, and he's become like this weird cultural figure and like probably has a much more successful podcast than we do. Um, he's like a walking podcast. He was a, he podcast was a podcast before, before a podcast. that was a thing. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, true that. True but, that. um, I think, uh, what is it? Um, Django, is a Django. choppy movie. I hate it. There's, movie, there's cool parts. And Slavery porn. Just terrible. <laughs> Slavery parts. porn. When Rick Ross comes on in the shootout, terrible. I am like, or no, it's terrible. when the carriage is driving up because it's Tupac during the shootout. Yeah. Also, I'm yeah. cool with an apocryphal music choice. Like, you don't have to be, it doesn't have to be fiddle music because it's the 1800s, right. but right. 
that did not make any sense. Like, no, that, well, that well, here's the thing. He he definitely trades in this like I will run roughshod through black trauma as an entertainment choice. So when Rick Ross came on, I was I was like, you know what? This is gonna be a rough hour and a half right now. Yeah. I'm 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 getting a little little tired, but um, you know, we'll see. Uh, once upon a time, and I'm not even up on this. The trailer dropped today. Is yeah. it what type of porn is it? Uh, 60s porn, Manson porn. Got it. Yeah, yeah. got it. Okay. Uh, uh, what's her name? Uh, Margot Robbie is Sharon Tate, and uh, Leonardo DiCaprio and Brad Pitt are like kind of like stuntmen, low-level actor guys who okay. are kind of on fringes of that scene. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so I haven't watched the trailer yet. I'm gonna wait till my wife. What, gets home what's and watch the over/under on N words in this movie? So far, you can't really tell. But, okay. But there's a Bruce Lee scene, and if, Bruce, if he makes Bruce Lee say the N word, I'm gonna be pissed. <laughs> 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 oh man that actually created a reason for me maybe to watch it now. um wow okay so yeah so 94 uh tarantino comes out the box with pulp fiction this is also the year that um oj and al cowlings went on their ride which i was thinking about like how lit of a twitter moment would that have oh been how do we even imagine. how do we because i remember watching that because it was during the nba finals they totally. they preempted the nba finals with the rockets and the Knicks. at nbc sports put the chase in the bottom and the game up in the main screen oh man right <laughs> come on it so we're all sitting there watching it right and it's like how do we go through cultural live moments like this without being able to talk to each other i know like it's wild i know right. yeah i can only talk to my parents <laughs> Like, this this shit's crazy, huh, Dad? Don't say shit. <laughs> Have you seen Malcolm X? Get out of here. <laughs> oh man, yeah, no, it was, it was a it was a wild ass so, fucking year. I think part of the reason we have '90s nostalgia so hard the way we do is that people our age are now of the age where they get to make the movies and the TV yeah, shows, yeah, right? So like, yeah. they made the two fantastic oj things last year yeah it those was, are, those um, are great series. the mini series and the crazy documentary that yeah. eight hour oh, documentary yeah. that homie made watch those like three times over i know totally. it's so good it's, it's so, so well good. done um and then like i don't know like will there i guess they did that movie the whackness but there hasn't really been a 90s hip-hop thing but that wu-tang show is coming uh, of Mike and Men, of yeah. Mike's and Men, is that what it's called? Oh, right. Horrible title, but I'm holding out. Totally. Dave East is going to be Method Man. Oh yeah, oh no, that's yeah. the, the, the. Oh no, the there's actual an actual TV biopic. Show. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. a show. Yeah, it's a show. Yeah, what? Not a documentary, a show. I'm yeah. glad I listened to this podcast. I had no, <laughs> I had no fucking idea. Yeah. So I yeah, so know, 90, 94, the the 25th anniversary um, year of uh, Enter the Wu Tang. Yep. 93, right? I thought end it was 93. 93. It was end of 93. End of it was end of 93. 94, so, it saw its so, right. People caught on. Yeah. So they were on uh, Good Morning America, which is a which is a new pop problematic trend in hip hop. Right. Is our is our aging legends going and like dying on public, <laughs> on in the morning? I feel like we can thank Strahan for that. Yeah. Right. <laughs> we were talking about that on our text thread. I'm like, it makes sense. Michael Strahan would want to meet all his heroes. Totally. If okay. I had a show, okay. I would invite he's, Slick Rick too. He's, totally. He's pulling. Slick he's Rick, pulling you're officially invited. This worked for Milo. Will it work for you? <laughs> <laughs> oh, off top. Yeah. Oh, if the ruler wants to come down, oh, yeah, or, or join us on the phone, we'll wake up at 3 in the morning, whatever. Fuck yeah. Um, but yeah, in 94, there's just a lot of uh, nostalgia associated with that year, especially for folks our age. 
It was a wild fucking year. We're still kind of pre-internet. There was like a weird forming. We were internet. AOL, right? Yeah, but nobody's really fucking with yeah. that. Not my like, uh, uh, my AOL screen name was Skeftified, which was a play on uh, Tribe Called Quest Skef- engineer Skef Anselm. Oh Damn, my god! Man. Yeah, and uh, Funkified the brat. So <laughs> whenever you think you've <laughs> That's nerded, the nerd, I've always been. I yeah. totally <laughs> forgot about that. I, my DJ name derives from my screen name. Is oh, that that's right? Cut so quick. Cut so yeah. quick. Yeah. Uh, oh man. Uh, me and my friend Darnell, who occasionally listens, shout out Darnell, would uh, try to talk to girls. And uh, one time we were vaguely getting successful, and we told them we were from Chicago, and we were kind of <laughs> continuing the conversation. They're like, "Where do you go to school?" And the only school we knew was uh, Farragut Academy because that's where uh, uh, Kevin Garnett went when he went straight to the NBA, and they had never heard of it and stopped talking to us. And we realize now that it's like. They say Chicago, but it's like way the fuck out there in the, right, in right, the right, suburbs. Right, right. And it's like this elite private school that no one's ever heard of. Vernon Hills. Yeah, totally. He was out here talking about you from yeah. Saratoga. I think God about that like way more than I should. I'm like, what? We're like catfishing? <laughs> Proto catfishing. <laughs> Pretty much. Prehistoric catfishing. Yeah. Um, yeah. So. You guys want a cyber? <laughs> a slash S slash L. ASL go. Cyber. Oh no. Why does Cyber Monday still exist? That's a that's an interesting holdover. I don't know from what you'll be doing. <laughs> <laughs> All day Monday, just cybering. Oh man. <laughs> yeah. It, that was one of those you had to be there. So so ninety four was definitely uh an interesting year. And it, one of the greatest years of hip hop of all time. Absolutely. Course, yeah. Absolutely. Ready to die and you know, like yeah, a million other good records. Uh, Southern Playalistic came out that year. Jeez, fear um, itself. Uh oh, Fear right. Itself came out that right. year. Jeez. So we have been kind of through this year's programs have been stopping and, and doing deep dives on different albums um, from that iconic year. And today we're going to talk about one that is definitely one of the best of that year and of all time. And this is Gangstar is Hard to Earn. Um, and so when we get back from the break, we will do a deep dive discussion on Hard to Earn featuring uh, some of our favorite tracks as well as Dope Commentary and Paulo chuckling in the background. <laughs> Dad Bod Rap Pod. Dad Bod Rap Pod, we are in the Wayback Machine, ending up in the year of 1994. We just stepped out. Um, we're all going to use Nate's AOL screen name <laughs> to pick up on chicks. Um, it never worked. You no. should get a different one. <laughs> no. Yeah, not a lot of Skef Anselm fans out there in 94 What's wrong with AOL. People? What is wrong with people? Like Between him and Bob Power, we changed the sound of music. I Come mean, on. Come on. Come on. Ladies. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Can't you get that through your thick skull? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so you could, you could, uh, you've learned a lot about us in that little exchange right there. Uh, we are going to talk about the album Hard to Earn by Gangstar. Comes out in 1994, March 8th to be exact. Um, fun fact, first Gangstar album to have a parental advisory sticker. Right, that's cool. Is it because, they, it's not because they 
first one they swore, it's because they had invented That's when that came along. Right. Yeah. Okay. yeah, yeah. So that was. Remember the... how many disses the Tipper Gore there used to be? Oh, that man. That was like a very common feature of the music I liked. Yeah. Her and uh, C. Dolores Tucker. Totally. Right. Yeah. So right. we, need, we need to get back to that um, in more congressional hearings on rap. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, it was, it was their first one of that era. Um, just maybe let's talk a little bit about the the general scene of rap at that time. So we're coming off of 1993 in which we had... Uh, and moving toward infinity. <laughs> <laughs> Nate Degrassi Tyson, ladies and gentlemen. Um, yes. So 93 Till had come out. Uh, what I really see when I think about the context which in the, this album comes out is uh, Black Moon's Into the Stage, right. which came out in 93, right. which was this interesting crossover point where backpack kind of turned gangster mm -hmm. like it's still sample based it's still got the feel um but it's this interesting transition point because if you listen to daily operation uh gangstar 1992 everything is still up tempo a lot of it is danceable it's still very uh afrocentric and conscious mm -hmm. and i and as i compared and contrasted those two i was trying to think of like oh like what was the pivot point that kind of and for me it seems like especially because i guess black moon is from brooklyn and i don't know maybe primo will chime in and tell me i'm completely wrong but <laughs> it seems like almost a response to where the sound of the street was was going right because right. hard to earn is is definitely different mm -hmm. than mm -hmm. a daily operation 92 is still like in living color like yeah, it's yeah, yeah, still right. like I hear you. Right. overalls not, i hear you not running man right yeah running right. man like i don't know to me I wasn't really listening to any of this stuff at that time. Like I was like, you know, getting there. Yeah. I, had, I didn't yeah. like buy this on release day or anything. I probably didn't listen to this until I was in like late high school or college. Like, okay. it, it was not a foundational album for me. I am. I have a tough time with an hour of guru. You have you have guru issues. I had to. Yeah, you I mentioned do. that before. Yeah. I, th I think I, I kind of did too, but that's something that has lessened as, as totally. time has gone on. Listening to it now, I'm like, this is brilliant. I'm so totally. stupid. No, like, but I hear just you. Just listen to you. it, but like, it's it's a lot of the same <clears throat> samey. It is. I mean, I think I I think if you look at um, moment of truth is, is I think when you turn like the afterburners on, then totally. it's like, what the fuck, you yeah. know? In terms of, I mean, everything. Um, but to your point about Black Moon, uh, when I spoke to Primo the other day, um, he was like. Mass Appeal was a response to clubs sort of phasing out, you know, Gangstar and Black Moon and, mm. and Wu-Tang. And it was sort of like the pre-pre-shiny suit era. Interesting. Okay. So okay. That's Jigginess why was on the horizon. Yeah, totally. So okay. But Black Moon was one of the groups that were mentioned, like the okay. Smith and & Wessons. And got you. Got you. Yeah, because it, it, by 96, uh, it sold the, the distance between 92 and 94 and 94 and 96 is just... It's so wild. It's wild. Yeah. Right. That's yeah. why it's this great time, right? right. So much yeah. is happening so quickly, and there's so many albums. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, in 94 in particular. And so, yeah, this this album comes out. Um, I was reading a couple of reviews of it, um, both old ones and, like, new updated ones. And the consistent thing was that this album is uh, Gangstar seemed angry. Right, right. There was, like, this thing that they're angry and they're bitter, and... I, I don't remember that as listening to it, um, but but now I'm going back. I'm like, there's an edge. Yeah, yeah. And that's kind of what you're talking about, right? They stopped right. doing the Running Man and like started talking <laughs> totally. about a little bit of guns and yeah, tons some of guns. social issue. <laughs> I heard. Um. <laughs> Alley ooped you, dude. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it was definitely 
um, kind of a, a little bit of a sea change because from there, I would say the rest of Gangstar's output was more along these lines, both sonically and kind of Agreed. in the attitude. Agreed. In the attitude of it's how it like came across. codified the, the sound of the group. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And, mm-hmm. and, for, and for like the new era because right. Gangstar comes out in 1990. So if, if you right. listen um, to the first joint, I mean, it's definitely steeped in – in everything late 80s, early 90s. It's one of these things that you can't play a kid of today because right. it will just... Totally. Yeah, it sounds so dated. Right. Yeah, yeah. And and almost almost a little goofy, but... You could tell where they were going, though, because they said no more Mr. Nice Guy. <laughs> so they just got progressively harder as things went on from there. Right, right. But another interesting pivot point, I've, I read interviews with, where Primo has mentioned this, is they were also trying to pivot away from Jazmataz. Right, right. Um, so Jazzmatazz was the the jazz hip hop fusion album, which for um, for guru haters like Nate is uh, <laughs> is that is the mo- like if you want to look at one of the worst fusiony things that has mm-hmm. that has happened um, and one of the worst kind of setups for Guru, it was Jazzmatazz, and I remember hating that shit at the time. Trust me, was the joint though. Yeah, shout out to India Davenport, high childhood crush. Yeah, Uh, trust me, was the joint. Uh, Brand new heavies. Yeah, yeah, Uh, yeah. fuck, good call, dude. Um, They they were totally along those lines, right? Because they (laughs) that's all I can vouch for. Yeah, yeah, thing going on then too. I remember liking. I would re-listen to that. Yeah. Okay, so we're we're gonna do a re-review of Jazzmatazz. <laughs> uh, I'm I, telling I, you, that's all I can. Ju- okay, that's, that's all, all I can vouch for. I always, I didn't, I never liked it. I, yeah. When I first started buying CDs on my own, I bought it. I'm like, I don't like this. Same. It definitely didn't age well. I listened to it recently. Right. It didn't age well. Yeah. And there's a couple volumes. Right. Yeah. Who's checking for Jazzmatazz yeah, yeah, yeah. three? I know. Actually, so or, is revenge. that the one? There, there was a Kalise joint on there. It was there? really okay. dope. Yeah, produced Kalise? by Pharrell. Wow. Oh yeah. Yes. Super love. Oh, wow! Damn, Jasmine has three. I think. <laughs> yeah, this is why we have them. Follows um, Google. I still right play now. that in my sets to this day. <laughs> like, really? really? That's a joke. Okay. Yeah. Really? Wow. Okay. Okay. So there, there you have it. It was, uh, it was definitely had. I guess maybe some moments because you're you're right in the sense that they brought in real bands, mm-hmm. um, but it was a it was a stylistic sound um, where maybe a lot of times you're getting the worst of both worlds. Right, you know what right. I mean? Well, like, I mean, to, sort of on that topic, the um, uh, Miles Davis Easy Mo B project. Right. That's yeah. Oh. Yeah. yeah. Good the, idea. Guru yeah. soft on those all those albums. Totally. Yes. That's yeah. him being soft. He got yeah. to express that whole side of yes. himself. And then we're not really trying to hear yeah. that. Yeah. Not, yeah. yeah. So, so <laughs> and that's what kind of makes Hard to Earn uh, – this really interesting moment. It's not soft to earn. No. <laughs> <laughs> not not at all. Not at all. Uh, and so, yeah. Yeah. It, it From the outset, uh, things are slower, um, mm-hmm. darker, darker, more menacing. Right. Um, there's definitely this vibe of like, I wouldn't call it bitterness. I would just say that um, there's this little bit of edge about their, their fame and yeah, their position. It feels real. Right, yeah, totally. That's, yeah, that's probably yeah. how they yeah. really felt. Like they felt like you. Uh, it's like if you come at the king, you best not miss. You know right. what I mean? Right. Like they're kind of right. like cresting this wave, and they're popular, mm-hmm. and they've got a little money, and they've got videos, totally. and they're a good record contract, and a you know that they, they need to. They're feeling themselves. That. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, rightly so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right out the gate, too. Guru's like you know like people try to come up and hang out. Like, yeah. yeah. Not about the grip, the male groupie shit. Yeah. <laughs> he really hated male groupies. He opens like, dissing the fans. Yeah. I mean, yeah. he just, straight up. He, straight up. he yeah. can't, he just comes out the, and there's this whole vibe through it's the a bold move. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Through the entire record of like, 
of of this kind of um, almost, and this is a bad analogy, but like how Drake makes fame seem like such a chore and a burden. Like there's definitely this vibe of like, people are being nice to me. (laughs) (laughs) I can't tell if it's fake or not. (laughs) Do we care? Uh, We did then. Uh, Yeah, I care Uh, if Guru cares. I make (laughs) uh, the instant connection to uh, ring, ring, ha, ha, hey, hey. It's like Mm -hmm. Dayla did the same kind of joint, but made it like danceable and fun and quirky. And you wouldn't necessarily, if you're just like roller skating or whatever, you wouldn't get the vibe of it. But that's what they're really saying is it was a jab. Oh, hell no, I'm not listening to your demo. Yeah, get get the fuck out of here. Here, Here's that number you can call. Yeah. Yeah. Gangstar just says it. No, right. they just, straight off. It's it's a blended album. It's it's very it's very dark. It's very moody, and we're gonna go through the tracks, um, especially because I kind of feel like, and maybe we should do a fucking survey again. I'm in- always interested to know of the people listening to this who's actually heard this. Like who, if you if you came along, even ten years after yourself, Nate, um, are you are you really fucking with? With old Gangstar albums? If you're a real head, if you're like a hip-hop head, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, so. I think so. I don't know. There's this whole like thing on rap Twitter of like, you can't have debates with people born after 1992. <laughs> yeah, they, like, it's just like their their view okay. on music is totally different. But okay. I, I mean, I don't I don't talk to anyone, so I have no idea what other people think. <laughs> He's like, to. like, I don't interact with humans. Yeah, so. no, try not to. Um, so I... I I, I to me, with this that is notion, foundational. Though, right? I mean, right, that's what I'm saying. Which I wanted to ask you, Damone, was the ga- do you think the Gangstar Foundation was a real foundation? <laughs> were they like I've applied for grants there? Funding, <laughs> were they funding uh, the group home yeah, like, project? They, literally Dude, they they had they had it set up, making well, grants. No, yeah, <laughs> you know, Bumpy Knuckles nonprofit. Yeah, totally. <laughs> <laughs> How do you think Little Dap got on the record, dude? I have he was part no of the idea still uh, to this day how he oh, got on this man. record or uh, any record. Any of them. <laughs> Big Suge? Oh man. Oh, totally. Man. Well, I think maybe maybe we'll start there. It, there's some definitely interesting features on Hard to Earn, um, which I thought was was the first appearance, but they actually on Daily Operation, um, Little Dap and uh J Ru right. have have verses. Um yeah, because they had something to sample right. for yeah. Jay Roo's part. Yeah. Right, 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 right. So, so, but yeah, they were very, um, which was very in at the time into this kind of cronyism, where where we here on the West Coast at the time were fucking appalled. We're like, we're getting dragged by the East Coast, and like Little Dap <laughs> is on records, is on quality primo production, mm-hmm. just like rapping, rapping, and just not even and missing everything. Like yeah, so we were we here as MCs on the West Coast. Like, oh, yeah, you guys are so cool. Yeah, <laughs> super, you're Little Daps and Big Suge. <laughs> Everybody's bodyguard can rap now. Huh? Yeah. So, uh, all right, quick quick side tangent, and I promise we'll get into the um, into the the track breakdown group home actually played a show here um in 1995 at uh seriously a fucking saloon like it's 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 off of uh almaden expressway it's i it's not called armadillo willies but it's something like that that's the vibe <laughs> that's were, totally the vibe <laughs> multiple old license plates on the yeah walls, yeah like it's horns it has <laughs> those, those double Check doors that you come through <laughs> <laughs> Shit, piano player in the corner. Yeah, it was, it was like Romas, the symphony huh? video, dude. It was you can like either have whiskey or warm beer. Someone getting thrown across the bar. Yeah. 
Right. So that's part of the story. So so this sends shockwaves through the San Jose hip hop ecosystem because it just it got announced. I don't know even know how shit got announced. I think right. somebody told me when I was working at Foot Locker right. that Group Home was gonna be at this spot. So we're like, all right, took the bus over there because this this is how we were getting it in '95. Was this so, pre Living Proof? No, this is when Living Proof, I think, had just dropped. Okay, okay. And we ha- I had the 12-inch, and I was like, all right, the beat's super dope. I mean, these guys are questionable, but anybody from New York touches soil here, we're going to go try to see, just see if they're real, you know? And so we went to whatever, this dusty-ass saloon, where no hip-hop show had ever been before or since, mind you. <laughs> uh, my guy, Dave Dub, uh, Persevere, opened up. I just saw Dave Dub in the barbershop wow. the other day. Shout-out to Dave Dub. Uh they opened up. The derelicts were on the bill. Mm. Um, and somehow, Persevere and my dude is from the derelicts got in some altercation backstage. And a weird brawl ensued that, like, completely canceled the show. It wow. was it was so Whoa. weird. It was it, but not really a brawl. You know what I mean? It's like a hip-hop guy's brawl. Right. But it, this weird altercation happened. And basically, Little Dap and... Uh, and who's the other person in the group? Malachi the Nutcracker. Malachi the Nutcracker. How could you not remember that? <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> wow. They were in the car and they just left. So so we didn't we did not get a group home show that they couldn't night. stand to stay in San Jose. Ouch. Because <laughs> they had a show in LA the same day. <laughs> so that was uh, our that one sounds about right. Yeah, that was our one contact point with uh, with group home. Weirdly but, news of this did not make it to Shibuya Middle School. <laughs> Me and Paula would have been there. <laughs> yeah, in the parking lot. Yeah. Lord Mom, what do you mean we can't get in? I'm at track practice. <laughs> I can't go see group home. Thanks for making me feel old. Um, Those few years mean I'm a lot. I'm literally the that only age. person out here with my pan leg rolled up, and you're not going to let me in? <laughs> Real talk. So so that was a uh, Gangstar side projects. Meh. Hard to earn. Okay, I want to. I know we said we'd do the tracks, but. I don't want to. Uh, where do we stand on Jeru these days? Can't get into him. Yeah, it's he, harsh now. He's played himself. Oh. <laughs> no, but really, I mean, it's just like some of those um, primo beats or when he's on Gangstar, it's like, dude, awesome mm-hmm. beats. I like your voice, but stop saying wildly homophobic stuff. And, yeah, dude. And, yeah. Your, and your mysticism shit, like I'm over oh, it. Dude. Well, well look, he's he was a proto-hotep. And this is we now we have a pro tip, a pro tip, pro tip. We we have a name for the J rules, the Lord Jamars of to, oh, you know right. we we have a name for it. Um, oh my goodness, uh, but back but back then we did not. Um, and you know, first I'll take the first J, although I haven't listened to it in a while. Uh, this is yeah. kind of what I what I was putting out there. If someone asked me, like, say, when I worked at the record store, hey, is this record good? Fuck yeah, I get that. Right. J. Rue, classic. Right. It's great. Now, yeah, it hasn't aged well. I oh, gotta really? Think okay. about it. Okay. Again, the beats are great. Of course, well, that's a long time to listen to him talk. Yeah. <laughs> you guys have voice issues with, kinda, with J. Rue. Kinda. Okay. It's, okay. It's more like I don't know. I, like I just his voice. I actually. don't know how good of a rapper he actually is. He had a couple of moves. Yeah, but he doesn't have like a full repertoire. You know a, what I he mean? Had a lot like, of presence. He had a so. freaky, 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 freaky <laughs> flow. Apparently. Actually, I listen. I was just listening to Wrath of the Math like mm. a week ago. Mm. Like it just showed up on my shelf, on my shuffle, and I just listened to the whole thing. Was it good? Is I mean, the beats are amazing. Yeah. Right. Um, right. I when I was doing college radio, they sent me 
um, Wrath of the Math. They sent me a clean version of the CD. It was a double CD. So one was a clean CD. The other one was the instrumentals. Right. I listened to the, the clean CD maybe like two, three times. Right. And listened to the instrumentals for years. Right, right, right. Yeah, J.R.U., garbage. I mean, like, <laughs> it, it was, you could say that for most of Gangstar Foundation. Mm. It was really just like Primo had a knack for making these really wildly mediocre dudes. Totally. Even Setting like really bad dudes yeah. make amazing music. Totally. Yep, totally. Yep. So. It didn't. It definitely didn't age well. Yeah. Okay. It, it made me go back to uh, "Sunrises in the East." Right. Amazing album. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, what Jay Rue saying? Just it doesn't. Totally. It, none of it sticks. I texted Dave when uh, I was listening to this on the uh, satellite radio the other day. Uh, try listening to the song "Punks Jump Up to Get Beat Down" Ooh, in yeah, 2019. Yeah. That is a yeah. straight up uh, bashing yeah. anthem, dude. Yeah. yeah. Homophobia. Really, it's really right. bad. Right. Like it's really yeah. harsh. Well, dude. Like, I mean, a lot of. Brand Nubian, particularly, it's like, dude, F word galore. Yeah. Yeah. And and that was that's part of the whole Hotep aesthetic. Like it's it's very much of its time. And so, um, you know, I feel like that was there kind of like how a lot of Dr. Dre's chronic era stuff is like borderline unlistenable for a person of any moral clarity. <laughs> Um, the East that was the East Coast version of that very kind of and there's like weird Muslim five percenter right stuff laced right. within that but now that we've trashed all the side projects <laughs> is anybody we missed Gangstar never had a female rap act out of their thing no no no, no nah, straight hotel yeah. so um, <laughs> I'll tap no ho <laughs> sorry in ninety four. That would have passed. Yeah. <laughs> Since oh, this is a man. retrospect episode. We'll take oh, that. Oh man, we'll take that. But you guys better put a disclaimer at the beginning. I know. Oh, <laughs> man. Mark has explicit. Your mom's catching up on the pods, bro. Ouch. Sorry, Janelle. You guys have to have another cup of coffee. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Sorry, Miss LeBlanc. We tried. Um, so let's let's start from from the beginning. Um, this album, which I guess you guys are in fucking elementary school, but I definitely remember getting the album, putting it in. There's the first intro where Guru's like completely just dissing all the fans, which is just great. I don't we know hate why, you. Here's our music. I don't know why we love that, but we do. Ever since EPMD, I think they were the first ones to be like very disdainful of the fans. Yeah. And I get off the tip. Totally. I've loved it. Uh, we don't have that many fans, but I kind of know how they feel. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Love the podcast. Get off the dick. <laughs> when you see Nate in the streets, Thanks for listening. shake his hand, keep it moving. <laughs> Let's keep it positive. Don't be needy. It's a bad quality in a grown man. Just kiss the ring. Watch. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, so so Guru opens up with, with straight fan bashing. Um, and then I feel like this song uh, that comes after that skit may be one of the best openers of any rap album ever. And I know motherfuckers say that all the time. I know. They all but, are, right? If but, it's an album. <laughs> but this one, uh, for a couple reasons, um, the sound of it at that time, I remember just the sound quality being like, oh, this is different. Now, Three bars Does in. That's get like, Fancelum on the boards? Yeah. I'm just like, whoa. whoa. <laughs> That's what Nate said. Um, is that, is that Pachansky? Um, <laughs> Nate, Nate War? Uh, <laughs> uh, so it opens up. Um, we have the Tribe Called Quest um, sample of Here's a Funky Introduction. Um, the 
the impact of that alone, Guru hadn't even started rapping. The organ sample hadn't even I dropped know. yet. And I was like, this, this yeah. is everything right now. Yeah. Like, it's a funky introduction. Oh, oh my God. God. I can hear it. Yeah, yeah. yeah, exactly. And then the cut, right? Like the cut <sighs> was so was so clean. Um, it's such a dope. And I mean, Guru is the king of that, right? right. Yeah. But it just, everything kind of clicked and, and came together. So let's, let's listen to a piece of it uh, for those born after 1982. Here's a long way to go. It's a long way to go when you don't know where you're going. You don't know where you're going when you're lost. It's a long way to So, yeah. It and you know, I would say having listened to this in, in preparation for this, it actually it holds up. Like it still yeah. knocks like right. the dynamics, everything about it um still holds up and like I guess I always now I listen to Guru and be like why may be tripping like that? Um, <laughs> that that me, is me too. Of, by the way, that yeah. was like there was so much good rap back then. You could be picky, right? It's yeah. like th- this right. is great. Like right. I'm tripping. I'm I'm in the wrong here. Like I'm like it's and you get to listen to an hour of this great rapper. Be happy. Yeah, yeah no, I he's like, I, I just back then I was just like he just wasn't my favorite dude. Yeah. Well, he doesn't have animation, so right, right. so it's definitely a monotone thing. But admittedly monotone. Yeah, yeah, yes. and he he told I mean, you off he's top. Made his, that his Mostly his voice. Personal right. brand. Yeah. Is it me or does it sound like he recorded that song laying down? <laughs> Dude, he was lo fi before lo fi. I never thought you know about what I mean? that. Listen to it. It sounds a little more Kermity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Kind of like it's like he's got something in his chest a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> like Kanye with the jaw. Well, the right. Yeah. Or like how. Like, uh, MF Doom went back and re-recorded Mad Villain because it sounded too clean. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. Like, had to get like really, really high instead of just really high. Yeah. No, it definitely <laughs> it so seems cool. like Guru has a, a chest full of brown weed, and he's kind of uh, <laughs> it's straight stress, and he's but his his balance in a pocket of a dope beat, which I think um, sometimes gets lost, especially in that era. It was common for rappers to uh, try too hard right, yes. on a dope beat right. and try to kill it. And that right. was kind of the genius of, of Gangstar was Guru would get in the pocket of whatever Primo was doing. And this was like um, a classic example of that. And um, not surprisingly, this is a Quincy Jones um, sample, which... Mm-hmm. Um, I guess all those are just winners off top. Right. You, um, you start with good material. Yeah. 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 Um, so, Sonically, yeah. it's just so heavy when it drops. <sighs> yeah. It's like, just... it's like the, the East Coast sound was so punchy. It wasn't about 808s. It wasn't about this like massive low end. It was punchy mm-hmm. yeah, and filtered. Mm-hmm. And that shit is so heavy when it drops. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's still, still, it has bounce. Yeah. Yeah. Even the, the drum chop, everything is everything. is pretty dope. So that that's how the album starts. Um, it's so... You know, part of me back then was always like, will this tape, because that's where I was at still, will this tape have a dope enough A-side to where I'm not going to have to waste my Walkman batteries skipping through tracks? Um, That was like a prime (laughs) criteria. The worst about this was fucking DOS effects. Mm. Like their first joint had like two and a half joints on side A, and then the rest was straight guard. You were thinking fast forwarding. (laughs) (laughs) Nate's out here. I Uh, love that album, man. Dead serious. That's a whole other. You dead serious? (laughs) (laughs) I guess it's. I guess it's a nostalgic connection. But anyway, yeah. I feel. I feel what you're saying. So, so the tape, the 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 power of sequence songs. And having dope song right. after dope song, I think this is a 
this album especially is a is a good good example of that all right so what do we have next next track are we going track by track the full album um no but i think my next one that i'm going to talk about we'll do it kind of in order yeah try we'll try to um the next one is tons of guns um which is spelled tons o guns which i think is (laughs) which i always think is funny because guru's from boston and i always think of this as like a slightly leprechaun pronunciation (laughs) Um, happy st patrick's day yeah happy st patrick's day (laughs) y'all uh so tons of guns is a song that obviously is part of my rap DNA, but kind of thinking about it retrospectively is like this interesting comment on gun control in 1994. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I remember mm-hmm. um, reading some review, maybe it was in the source at that time that said they didn't understand what the point of the song was. Cause it's, it's not necessarily anti-gun. Right. Or, it's or exploring pro-gun. American gun culture without like being polemical about any particular side of the issue. Right. In 94. Right. Yeah. That's, that's pretty right. nuanced for the source. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but like, guru, we gu- give that no mics. We don't yeah. get this. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> guru is, is comes across as really like with these cogent kind right. of observations totally. about gun culture totally. in America. It, it starts with the, a Malcolm X sample that's talking about the hypocrisy mm-hmm. of, of American violence in the military. But so it's, it's definitely a dope song. And then always, you know, I think Gangstar is one of the better groups about this. Even when they were on making message music per se, the shit was still always knocking and, and this is no different. So let's, let's listen to it. Uh, tons of guns. Tons of guns. Everybody's getting strapped. Tons of guns. Gotta watch the way you act. Tons of guns. Real easy to get. So, as you can as you can hear, again, killer killer scratch um, sentence, dude. Right. All yeah. he does is scratch the first syllable that guru. It's like a um, best thing you know. West is where the gun is kept. The whole song. So that's primo playing a percussion like, right with mm-hmm. scratch right mm-hmm. that's why oh dude that song yeah this, uh, so ex- expound on that like uh, how important is guru is primo scratching and like the the scratch hook important in like dj culture um well i mean that he pretty much built the foundation for that i feel like and uh, we're gonna get a grant from it yeah <laughs> <laughs> i hope so if the gang, gangsta foundation. foundation is real yeah address it to big Shug. <laughs> there you go <laughs> um i mean it was always you know the it was one of the standout elements of uh, DJ Premier's music. Mm-hmm. Like every album that he's ever done with any artist, it's always here's here's my beat and here's your hook. I'm gonna scratch. I'm just gonna scratch whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it was like you know like scratching certain you know like uh, sound bites or like c- certain you know like phrases that explain what the song is. Right. Mm-hmm. Or yeah. it could just be like beep beep. Beep beep, right. beep, 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 which right. Code of the Streets, we'll get to right. that later, totally, I'm sure. Right. But um, for tons of guns, he drops a sample maybe like once or twice. Yeah, that's yeah. fascinating. But I, never, every, I never thought about it. Every like hook that. is just him going, and it's just, does he do uh, switch ups on the pattern, or is it, since it's the hook, he just does the pattern? That's it. That's like fascinating. It's, it's, it's that's part it. of the beat. Yeah, like that's that's his solo. Right. It's like him playing congo. That's him. That's yeah. him playing power chords. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's I never it, thought of it that way. Yeah. It's just like a. It's it, it has both rhythm, but also meaning, yes. right. which I think is this thing that, and it makes these songs so sticky. Like all of Gangstar's hits typically will have either a scratch sentence or, like you said, a 
uh, a sound. Um, so yeah, Primo is the god, and it always goes perfectly with the Primo chop. Yeah, of course. Which I've professed love for, been tired of, loved again. Um, yeah, just it's predictable, but always welcome. Yeah. Yes, yeah, that's one a really of the good way. Best, Mostly welcome. Best formula in hip hop. Yeah. All right. Um, so next up on we this, got the planet, amazing. I'm I'm like super into this song lately. This when I was listening back to this to kind of do research and just because the the uh, anniversary was coming up and it's like let's just throw this on and just see what it's all about. I find it so interesting because they're not from Brooklyn. They made like one of the best right. Brooklyn songs right. and they're not from Brooklyn. Like um, Primo's from Texas. Yeah, Texas. Right. Is it Dallas? Houston, Dallas? Dallas and Boston A- area. Okay. Yeah. No, thank you. Yeah. And then uh, Guru's from, from Boston. Boston. And uh, they they became such Brooklynites. Like right. that's like uh, they were the original gentrifiers. <laughs> <laughs> so let's go down to Guru's Pickle Factory and have a tour. No um, artisanal hip hop. <laughs> <laughs> I just th- I that's kind of what I like about the song. It's kind of a long song too. Like yeah. you just don't really besides like I guess like sicko mode or something where it has like movements. Mm-hmm. Now there just aren't that many long songs. Like we're in the short song era. Right. right so right. like they're, they're going on five minutes and like keeping it keeping it fresh. Like mm-hmm. they, there's a lot to say for them about their adopted hometown of Brooklyn. And let's listen to a little piece of it. Boom bash dash. I had to break. I had to get away. Pack my bags to leave for good. It was a Monday. Kissed my mother, gave my pops a pound. Then he hugged me, and then he turned around. I threw the duffel bag home from my shoulder. So yeah, I mean, I I don't have like a ton to say, but it's just like it's just, it's one of the defining uh, parts of the album because it uh, centers them, like where 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 they're, where, where they're from, right? right? And then there's a right. kind of that. Uh, Diggable Planets has uh, another mm-hmm. like Brooklyn song. Like, mm-hmm. there's so many Brooklyn songs. I was gonna say that Brooklyn, for being one of the boroughs, might have uh, uh, the most anthems because you can even go back to Roy Ayers. Right, we live in Brooklyn, mm-hmm. baby. He wasn't from Brooklyn either. Right, mm. but it's it's this interesting kind of place where people kind of land and feel is theirs. Uh, this is very local, but if you guys will let me go for a second, my buddy Lynn Ness, who now goes by Edu XL, and uh, local. MC uh, Niamaj. Shout out. Uh, yeah. Um, did this song in like 2005 or something where it's like summertime in Brooklyn. And I remember asking Adik at the time, that's Liness, uh, like, I'm like, why not summertime in San Jose? Like, and he was like, are you serious? He's like, seriously? <laughs> <laughs> like, we, we want people to listen to the song. <laughs> Yeah. So, so I just dope. thought that was funny. I'm like, even San Jose rappers are making Brooklyn songs. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. It's, so anyway. a, it's a great. And place once you to live. go, you totally get it. You're just yeah. like, oh my god, this place is amazing. It's yeah. like, you know, I'm not gonna make the song about the good Australian pancake place in Williamsburg. <laughs> That's not my place. But right, right, you, right. you get why there's so much like to talk about. Fun Absolutely. fact: I, I think I might have done the scratches for that song. Oh, did you? No way. I think so. How funny! I remember Adik telling me, "Don't use the EPMD sample where he says sit back, relax." Let the sunshine. Don't use that. <laughs> oh, because yeah. I I thought I sent that in at first. He's right. like, oh no, I, uh, somebody I think like abstract tribe unique to use that. Right. Oh, okay. Uh, anyway, uh, that's funny. See, and I am not Continue. surprised. The dad bought rat pod. I know <laughs> all the dots are connected. Just going super deep on songs you've never heard. Actually, can uh, can I make a quick observation about? Do. Okay, so with. When Primo, you know, his production style is very choppy. And a lot of the songs were like, you know, 93 to like 96 BPM. And those were like, oh, it's just like one bar chops or Mm -hmm. like two count chops. But when he did slower songs like X-Girl to Next Girl and Planet Earth, it was just a loop. 
He would let these loops ride. Mm-hmm. Right. Like it, it was always the slower songs that That's he did. Interesting. interesting. So Planet Earth that. is definitely one of those songs. Mm. That's whoa. Yeah. There, there's there is diff- different uh, f- stages of, or not, but like phases of uh, Premiere's production. Right. Totally. Like and he give you different looks. That was like a shout out to like old Premiere before mm-hmm. you before you started bringing uh, in yeah. Premiere. Right. No, that that's true because yeah. if you listen to early early Gangstar, it is just more loops. Just right. Like totally. he's, he's yeah. collaging loops, and I think um, Daily Operation is where you start to get. Um, some of the the Choppy. signature choppiness, even mm-hmm. um, step in the arena is very mm-hmm. yeah, very step loopy. In, yeah, very very looped out. Um, yeah. So, um, and then the next one is just like such a classic, like fun, like hip hop party. Like I hated you when you picked man, this one first. Just like happy song is Dwick, <sighs> and yeah. it, like it <sighs> has had such a long life, such a long life. as uh, as a as a song and i think everyone comes off so good like it's hard to find the exact right use of nice and smooth this and song always it. reminds me of you when we used to live together and you were singing this you were rapping this song in my dad's accent <laughs> <laughs> we were like cleaning the house or something and you started rapping this in my dad's oh, accent i can yeah. neither confirm nor deny that i have That's done a filipino hilarious. accent at times oh, in my previous man. life <laughs> i always think of it when i hear this song now someone told me uh, a really good friend of mine they can only listen to the song of the fish uh, by the far side as like the way I sang it when we were in high school and I'm like <laughs> totally please don't totally uh, Nate ruining so, classics I know it's just like, I'll ruin anything for anyone uh, so young. anyway I just think this song is like such the anth- it's an anthem for a certain like kind of segment of hip hop listener right it's just like yep. You get the classic lemonade was a popular drink oh, and it still it's is. Fun. It's such an odd malapropism that has like been like sticky and like had a life of its own, uh, particularly on the boondocks. And they Asner. just slide it in like so weirdly. <laughs> totally, dude. Um, also, I, I meant to say this about the previous song, too. The way he says Brooklyn is super weird. It's like B-R-O-O-K-L Lynn or something. <laughs> like, it's, like, yeah. it's like he had to fit it in, in the meter, but it, he, he never really figured oh, out how yeah. and he just rolled with it. Like, so. Oh, Autocorrect is slow. Totally. And then it's just like classic primo, like finding the exact right hooks to right, use. Like, right. It's just like if you if someone asked me like, you know, when the aliens came down, like we always talk mm. about, it's like, what kind of music do you like? It's like, I love this, this song. Yeah. This is my yeah. kind of song. So anyway, super hundred percent classic. And then uh <laughs> they uh in between those, they have the answering machine. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, they, chill. Uh, I chill. I chill. They, yeah. they they just don't do that anymore. Totally. It's so funny. When I spoke to uh, Primo, uh, not to keep bringing it up, but it was like last week. Name dropper. <laughs> I don't know if you guys have heard of him. He's a DJ. Flex. <laughs> Flex on him, D. No, but he, he was saying everyone kept dissing um, that, that little interlude. And I'm like, why? It's hilarious. Totally. But I no. want to know who your friends are. That's totally. how you found out who's dope. Yeah. It's like, that's, those are cosigns. Right. Nas. Right. I chill. How high was Nas on that shit? Totally. They like had him go. Go next door to the next studio, and they're just like, "Okay, can you say something?" He's like, mm, I "Not should. really." I, w- I would have loved to hear like a bill collector call. And be like, Hi, uh, Mr. Martin. Um, you are three three months overdue on your electric bill. Uh, Time Warner right, Time Warner House. Uh, on your want you to pay bill. for your? Oh wow, that's hilarious. That's this is Sky Pager <laughs> calling with a courtesy. I right, chill. I right, chill. <laughs> I oh chill. man. Um yeah, so let's let's listen to a little bit of Dwick. I chant, eeny, meeny, miny, mo. I wreck the mic like a pimp pimp shows. 
here's how it goes. I am a genius. I mean this. I shape this. You'll tape this. I'm kind of fiendish. You wish that you could come into my neighborhood. Meaning my mental state. Still, I'm five foot eight. That's premium running man music right there. Like, if you can't do the running man to that. You can't run the man. man you ain't got legs, buddy. You better keep running, man. Yeah. I, I think uh, the, the, like you said, the inclusion of Nice and Smooth, um, which, which are some very specific voices yeah, in totally, the genre. Totally. Um, and this is just one of those moments. Like, it just makes I, it so I, fun. I, I want to get it's blooded, fun. my brother. Yeah. Like, yeah. Right. Yeah. Oh, Me too. Oh. Mm-hmm. All right, one last quick story. I uh, I can't remember if I told this on the pod or not. I probably have. I'll keep it brief. I went When I was uh, staying with some friends in New Orleans in 2000, I went to go see uh, the Beat Nuts. And mm-hmm. it's like, what's the Beat Nuts live show going to be like? It's like, you know, they can't really rap that good. <laughs> and uh, but they have amazing beats, right? right? So they brought out Greg Nice as kind of like the mm-hmm. hype man. And yeah. like he would like would do the ad libs and hype up the crowd. And he was doing that thing where it's like, I like it. I love it. I need it. And then I'll just remember this for the rest of my life. He goes, I eat it. (laughs) And I turned to some guy in the crowd that I kind of didn't know. It was this dude named Derek who was just like a partier of like friends of friends of mine. And he was like doing a nasty face and like shaking his head on the (laughs) I eat it line. And I was like, wow, dude, you're like really not super not into eating it, huh? (laughs) Has he heard of Akinelli? I know, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) He is not putting it in his mouth. Uh, Uh, Just my whole life, he kind of. Tell what diner he didn't go to. (laughs) It's like I know where we're not going after the show. Uh, (laughs) But but can we? Since you brought it up, there was a weird, and I think it was partially like this kind of Hotepian Rasta kind of move. That you didn't talk about eating pussy. That's like and the Sopranos, dude. Yeah, it's like if Carmela, if Tony <laughs> tells the crew that he does it to Carmela on her birthday or whatever, they would literally kill him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I just, I, it was a weird movement back then, yeah. ladies. We're, we're sorry. <laughs> it was a I sign of weakness. It was, it's yeah, a sign of weakness. yeah, yeah. It was one hundred percent part of NWA's whole trope was that so they stupid. they didn't eat pussy either. Right. Yeah. Uh, um, Kalid, DJ Kalid recently. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Out of here, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. He got but, trashed. Yeah, for it, right. Idiot. He said it like the Wait. Slow down, baby. Let you know right now. I don't go down, baby. Oh, right. get it. Yeah, but get out of here. Big pun comes back with we can go downstairs, little brown hairs everywhere. <laughs> yes, I don't care. I don't care. I don't right. care. Yeah, you don't care. Yeah. Rest yeah. In peace, Nor pun, should baby. a guy of his size really have been that picky. <laughs> oh, no. You know what I mean? You kind of have to go down that avenue. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, off top, everybody's lying about it. I know that's like a Jamaican thing. That's though. the Is thing it? with yeah. uh, the Sopranos episode, too. Not to keep coming back to that. They all know they all do it. Right. right. It's right, about right. admitting it. Right. 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 So stupid. Right. Sign Yeah. So, we're, we're much more evolved, ladies. Dead by that fun. Give your girl hair my Tommy boxers. Shout out Ferg. Not sure how we got from hard to earn to hard to eat, but... Transitioning back to the album. Fear back on the road. <laughs> Tons of never mind. <laughs> Tons of meals. Oh my goodness. Um, shit, Dave, you got some tracks, no? Man, um, oh, that's a that's a quite the uh, segue, dude. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, uh, the one I wanted to briefly touch on is um, "Suck His Knee Bodyguards," which I think low key is like one of the hardest gangstar tracks ever. Mm-hmm. So um, let's just uh, peep it real quick. MCs be faking, so now they get taken. Fake MCs, they always act hard, but won't walk the streets without their bodyguard. I hate fake MCs, they always act hard, but won't walk the streets without their bodyguard. MCs are laid out like... And I'm not, I'm not the biggest fan of, like, the repetitive um, uh, lyrical hook. You know, they just say it over and over. Right. But I, re- I really like this one, and, and Guru is a little bit... Um, 
you know, his whole thing with like being in the pocket, like he's mm-hmm. a little bit behind the, a little bit behind the beat. And usually, I like rappers that are a little bit um, in front of the beat. It's a little bit more challenging, it's like one a of Ghostface the or something. You and I have in common. Totally, like, we like an attacking rapper. Right. Mostly. Totally. Yeah, yeah. I want, I, w- I want me to like have to play catch up, you know. But I mean, with this one, he just comes so hard, and you know, he starts off with like MCs are laid out like stiffs in a morgue, and it's just like it's and such a hard track. He's kind of yelling too. Yeah, he, right. It was right. for him yelling for him. Totally. So I think when when you know, there's mention of this being an aggressive gangstar album, like that is it, that's one of the um, examples of it. You know what always sticks out in that song for me is Malachi on the hook. His high register. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. With everyone, mm-hmm. I hate they fake MCs. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that hard. Like. Yeah. That harmony is very crucial to the song. Totally, yeah. totally. Otherwise, it would have just been, I hate fake MCs. They right, 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 right. And I mean, I, I guess since we're talking about it, that's probably Malachi's best moment. Right. Okay. <laughs> Sound his role. He Absolutely. could just stick with that. Besides being bodyguard. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> the high register yeller. Yeah. He was ahead of his time in that regard. Yeah. He was the high register of the foundation, for sure. <laughs> Falsetto. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's such an odd, we've completely gone away from that kind of thing. Like, you, you just, it's known like drake has bodyguards Lil right Wayne has well bodyguards. well but like, we're, we're everybody has a body in 94 now. and again to show you the distance from 94 to 96 or 97 mm-hmm. nobody's died yet right you know right. what i mean no rapper beef has concluded with anyone dying right. so there was this kind of idea that if you were a real tough guy you didn't have security detail you just you had right. homies and you guys you know you just walked around and you were you were just regular New York tough or right. whatever, right? right. But um, yeah, and it was a, it was kind of an interesting commentary that I guess what Gangstar is saying is that there was a softer brand of rapper who actually you know had like Milk D. He's got a great big body, body God. God. <laughs> <laughs> that was a brag. Nate, Nate's right. Right. That's weird. Right. Yeah. Right. Well, yeah. the the bodyguard just to because I'm such an Audio Two priority fan. Um, that was a recurring thing with him and MC Light. Their their bodyguard Bigfoot was mentioned in like a bunch right. of different songs. Mm. So yeah. it we just don't depends. Really have anything to talk about? Let's go back to Bigfoot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> was that him on uh, Light as a Rock? The album cover? That big yeah, dude? Yeah, the big dude. Whoa. Yeah. Yeah. Damn. Apollo killing. Who's the nerdiest game? here, man? I know. Yeah. I'm about oh, to flip this table right now. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to my new podcast, y'all. <laughs> I'm holding down the table. Yeah. Let's bum rush the show <laughs> with Cutso. <laughs> Sorry. Nice. <laughs> no Pe- worries. No peanut, worries. Peanut gallery back in the place. <laughs> That's usually my move, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I got that from you. I learned it from watching learned you. From watching you. <laughs> All right, are, are, am you I going, going with the second one? Yeah, yeah the other one is uh, Now You're Mine, mm. which obviously... Um, no, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> I was talking to Nate. Um, no, so, I mean, obviously with that one, um, it's that little uh, horn sample at the beginning, so which sick, we can dude. hear right here. And that song always reminded me of like something an acapella group would kill. Okay, you know okay, I mean? right, 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 right. It's just, like there's so many just easy components to it. Just Bard and Bellas, just like <laughs> killing the game. Where's Carmen Sandiego? Pentatonics, <laughs> Rockapella. <laughs> Rock- Doop, doop, doop. Um, <laughs> a bombo. <laughs> 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 oh man. Oh, man. But yeah, I mean, I don't have much to say about that besides that's probably my, one of my other favorite yeah, cuts on the album. It's I mean, very good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like the song. Yeah. Um, Another one of Primo's best scratch performances. Mm. He does this, and this is for the scratch nerds. He does a tear transform. 
which is a hard scratch to learn. That's something I try to learn back in the day on a Gemini turntable with the needle skipping all over the place. So, yeah. Primo. Dude, Legendary. Yeah. Thanks for the I'm insight. trying to think of I a Transformers it. joke, and I don't have a good one. So <laughs> I won't inflict Did you it bumblebee on you through that? Yeah. So I was like, <laughs> but the sample choice for that one, too, that he scratched was huh, from Rockbox right. on uh, DMC. Yeah. But it's not just the huh. He lets the chick that Jam Master J does, uh, oh, Jam Master J does at the end. He lets that ride. Mm. It's, a, it's like part of the hook. Mm. Like, so he goes, huh, 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 huh. Duk, 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 duk. That's like part of it. Wow. Which is really weird. It's that is a weird choice. It's a primoism. Yeah, yeah, yeah totally. Yeah. And you know, like we were talking about how um Jazz wasn't the greatest sort of fusion, but this is like jazzy gangstar that I think is like perfect. Totally. Yeah, you it's know what it's I mean? the it's kind of the perfect it's sort of marriage the, the of paramour it. of jazzy gangstar tracks for me. So so let's let's uh let's call it out right here. Is this the pinnacle? Is this the best gangstar album? I, I my favorite Gangstar album is Moment of Truth. Okay. Um, years you know years removed. Yeah, and yeah, that's re-listened. later. But this is, is, it my, the, this is, is it, my second one. Is it Jodeci that <laughs> puts it over the edge? It's the KC. Uh, I've always feature. considered myself total. a daily operation guy, but this is a very good album, and I've really been enjoying listening to it. Yeah. Again. And yeah. like I don't know, maybe it'll sneak back up. I also just wanted to say before we close out, like they picked the perfect singles. The perfect like, singles. This, they everything they right. put out was so dope, and I want to give a quick shout out for uh, putting Question Remains. On the B side of the Suckers Need Bodyguards 12 inch, mm-hmm. because then that became like this underground DJ nerd classic, mm-hmm. and like it's not it's not for the album. It's right. like, and we talked about this off air, but it's insane to have a song that that good, good not, not on the album. album. Like, right. yeah. but it it's, just speaks to how how on fire they were. Totally, you know, yeah. it's crazy. What yeah. about you? They were in there. Definitely my favorite album of the whole lot. Really? Yeah. Yeah. With Moment of Truth at a close second. Mm. Actually, no. Daily Operation at a close. Yeah, second. I was going to just say, because. Uh, but know. Gangstar, if you even go backwards, it, it, it makes yeah. sense. I know. Yeah. You know what I mean? What's well, yeah, never yeah. going to be the last two or the first one, right? So yeah. You've got these three in the middle that are like so good. Totally. Yeah, and I would say. What about you, Dimon? Oh, I'm I'm definitely daily operation okay. first, but man, hard daily to earn. Operations great, dude. Yeah, okay. it, it's it's a close second, and I feel like you know that that three album run um, was was one of the better runs. Mm-hmm. Of, That's pretty impressive of, of, of any group for sure, mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah. So uh, there you have it, hard to earn, one of the dopest albums uh, in hip hop history. We encourage those born after '92. Uh, to check it out and you know we're thankful to have had Paulo's insight can oh, i yeah. chime in one more of absolutely course. one more song ding, ding, ding. brainstorming what's yeah. with the premature yeah. fade out yeah mm. what's with the fade out dude right. like, <laughs> that song was we, we so like fucking hard the and they faded the shit out dude what the fuck i'm still mad about it that's oh, funny man. brainstorming that's my track All right. okay i'll, I'll okay. let that run and we'll, we'll call it an episode there it is <laughs> premature fade we fought Hey everybody, this is Dave. Um, you guys just listened to Nate, Damone, and I uh, deep dive into Hard to Earn. Um, I wanted to share a couple snippets from an interview. Uh, I spoke to Primo last week, a couple days after Hard to Earn turned 25, and we uh, we got to explore it really in depth. Um, bear with me um, for the sound audio, but um, just wanted to share this with you guys. Take a listen. We're going to break down a little bit a couple tracks that uh, Nate Damone spoke about, and uh, we get to listen to Primo sort of, you know, explain a little bit of the album. 
one one of the most important albums sonically because I changed my my sound. Still, not yeah, I changed the sound and kept my but kept my style. You know what I'm saying? I I approached new sounds with my drum programming just to show that I could go beyond uh, uh, sampling jazz samples and funk and soul samples and just go really left field to do uh, to do uh, uh, other other uh, sounds and show the versatility of what a producer and a DJ does. I, I want to show that, that I, I, I'm versatile with my uh, uh, um, creating my creating beats. Uh, Outside of uh, of using the samples that I was known for on the first three albums, because I, I'm a big fan of rock, jazz, mm-hmm. country music, new wave, punk. I, I grew up in all of that. In the eighties, you know, just go, you know, going to high school, mm-hmm. uh, it, you know, just everything. And then obviously when hip hop came out, I was like, that's a hundred percent me, uh, because you know I could identify with it, especially being being a, a black and Latino creation uh you know from, from the from the streets of new york so mm-hmm. uh once once i got to that stage i knew that's the one that's gonna, down, that's gonna put me into the music business even though i always wanted to be in a band i always wanted to play in some type of way and, and i finally uh found found my niche and you know the thank goodness guru uh was a fan of my demo and uh we we just clicked right away all right, you just heard Primo talk about uh, Hard to Earn. Um, the other snippet I want to share is a little bit of DeWick. Um, that was one of Nate's picks. Um, it's certainly a banger. And uh, here's a little bit of Primo talking a little bit of what went into it. DeWick was a B-side to our second album, uh, single, Take It Personal, off of, our second, off of our third album, Daily Operation. Uh, it was an unreleased B-side. Um, mm. it became an ultra hit and the label said we need to add this to the album because uh, it was never intended to be on the album anyway because the album was already out oh uh, you know we you know uh, when we told take it personal as the, as the next single we 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 had already been doing the unreleased b-sides you know as Stephanie, i mean uh matt where the manifest had here is the proof uh, no more Mr. Nice Guy remixes were on the Positivity 12 inch. Then mm-hmm. the fast forward, fast forward step in the arena. We had Check the Technique uh, with uh, uh, credit is due. Um, uh, then uh, you know, so we were just continuing. Uh, we were continuing doing B sides uh, like Public Enemy did with Rebel Without a Pause, like Prince always did. Joy uh, Division, right. you know, uh, on the New Wave artists always have a B side. Mm-hmm. So we were just doing that, and uh, Nice and Smooth did a record uh, where they used my words, I manifest remix uh, instrumental to do a song called Down the Line on their album, oh. Damn Thing Chain. Okay. So all we was doing was saying, well, since we did that one with y'all and Goo's on that, let's do one on, on our B-side. And they came to the studio, and uh, Dub, Dub C was there, and Don Barron from the Masking Ceremony were with us. So I, the, the one came with Greg Nice, and then Duff C was with me, and uh, he was there for that session, the, the, the making of Dwick. And uh, we did the record, turned it in so we could and we put out our next uh, 12 inch. It did so well, we ended up shooting a video, and it was it was the, one of the biggest club bangers, and still is when that record comes on. And then uh, when the, when the label decided to not add it to the album. We were mm-hmm. getting so many complaints from fans. They would see us even just in the street going shopping or just anywhere, and they were like, yo, man, 
well, I bought y'all a new album and Drink ain't on there. What, what, why did y'all do that? <laughs> and we were like, hey, it ain't us. The label didn't want to add it on. They were like, man, that's fucked up. I, I, how can I get it? I was like, oh, you, you can get the cassette single. He was like, I don't want a cassette. I want, I want the CD. And I'm like, damn, man. So that's why I was like, well, being that this one came out a year later, I'm like, we we need to uh, make sure that that uh, that it's on the, this, this album so that in our catalog you can find Dwick. All right, you guys just heard Primo talk a little bit about Dwick. Um, here here are his thoughts on Tons of Guns, which I thought was fascinating when Damone sort of broke it down as one of the first sort of case studies or sort of um, commentaries on gun control way back in the day. So here we are a little bit with Primo on Tons of Guns. Uh, tons of Guns was something he wanted to address in, in regards to uh, all the craziness going on with, uh, with, with you know, the, the guns were really rampant at that time, and they still are. And uh, he wanted to uh, <clears throat> to uh, address that topic, so we... Uh, we made sure that that uh, his his background music was appropriate for him to to, to speak on, and uh, I thought it needed to sound like a lot of chaos, right, uh, in the background, but still <clears throat> still enough for him to be able to uh, to uh, get, get the point across without the, the the wailing sound drowning out his smoke. Sometimes your ears will catch that, and then you can't really listen to what the guys what the the lyrics are saying. All right, everybody. Thank you again for listening to us uh, deep dive into Hard to Earn. Um, this interview, these snippets that you just heard are taken from portions of an interview that are going to run for Wax Poetics. It's going to be a larger um, issue. Uh, I believe it's going to be a gangstar issue. And so that's sort of that's on the horizon. And um, thank you again.